in New Orleans. They call the rising sun. And welcome to the show, Brady Hallmeyer, alongside Randarius, Bobandarius, Bofandarius, BG. We'll be here in just a little bit, but Randy, good to have you back on the pod. It's been a little bit. Congratulations to your Packers and your Hawkeyes, and we'll talk Aaron Rodgers in just a minute, but a good opening weekend for you. You got about 12 seconds to gloat. It's uh, it, was, it was a fantastic football weekend. It was a tough season for me last year between the Hawks and the Packers. And we came out of the gate strong in uh, week one of both teams playing. So I am I'm drinking all the Kool Aid. Um, I am I'm riding high. I'm watching the All Twenty Two film with Jordan Love. I'm eating up all the Kate McNamara pressers. Um, shout out to Nico Regani who um, got fined um, or didn't get fined. Got disciplined by the NCAA for criticizing the refs against um, against Iowa State. I'll paraphrase what he said, um, something to the effect of that call. Oh, he prefaced it. He said, I don't know if I'm going to get fined for this, but that was effing bullcrap. Um, and who said this? One of your this, this is, this is uh, Iowa's, uh, one of Iowa's wide receivers. Uh, <laughs> he got fined? He didn't get fined, um, but he, he joked on the front end saying, I don't know if they can find me for this. Oh um, yeah, and no. they, they they the NCAA made him issue a public apology to the referees. Wow, which is um, just hilarious. Like the Dwight Schrute of um, disciplinarians. <laughs> yeah, that's what the NCAA is. Wow. But anyway, Aaron Rodgers. That is the uh, that is the hot sports story of the week. We we wouldn't be a sports podcast if we didn't talk Aaron Rodgers situation. That's true, and just devastating. I mean, I was I think. I don't even watch Hard Knocks, or I watched a couple episodes. I didn't get all the way through it, but I think the whole football world, maybe besides you, Andy, and the rest of your Packer minions, um, were looking forward to watching Aaron Rodgers this season, looking you know to see what he could do, and especially after watching the, the remainder of that Monday Night Football game. Holy cow, the Jets are good, and they're and Aaron Rodgers away from winning the Super Bowl. Um, or at least having a very, very good chance to contend because their defense is nasty. Their defense is nasty. And uh, the offensive line, I mean, that was the big talker coming in. The Packers have, like, a top five offensive line every year. Um, Rodgers decided to to go away from that. He wanted something different. He wanted the change in, in front office mainly, um, from, from the sounds of it at least. He wanted some more say in the offense. He wanted some more say in the personnel. Yada, yada, yada. We've gone through the, the breakup story there. Um, but then to have him find a team like the Jets, the defense that's that good, and to have it go the way it did, three offensive plays uh, into the Aaron Rodgers era in New York, and it's all over. I mean, just you, you feel for him. I And I didn't particularly like him. Um, <laughs> I think it's a, a nice way to say it before the last, you know, what he's been in the league 19 years, so the, the previous 18 years in the league, and, of course, three of those years he sat and watched Brett Favre. Um, but the last 14 whatever these that he started for the Packers, just been a menace uh, in the NFC North and a thorn in the side of Bears and Vikings and Lions alike. Um, so it was it was going to be a fun season for the rest of us in the NFC North, Andy, to, to be able to watch Rodgers tear up some defenses um, and have it not be our own. Unfortunately, we're not going to get to see that. Well, and to clarify, not only were you excited about 
Rodgers having success, you were also excited about the Packers not having success, which, which still don't want to overreact. It could happen, right? I mean, I will definitely overreact this episode. Um, but, I mean, Bears fans, Bears fans are hurting uh, <laughs> this week, which is which is wonderful. Um, I think my, my initial emotion after was... Um, I don't want to say joy, but I it was it was, oh, it was you funny. weren't happy. You said uh, something we don't need like, to really we don't need to release the group tech okay. text chats. Not right? yet, don't anyway. Need, not, not that yet anyway. <laughs> it's, it's powerful leverage that yeah. that that you have, Brady. But um, like how I how I looked at with with Rogers this year um, was was two things. One is rooting against him in a way that like I root against Justin Jefferson, but I still respect that he's the best wide receiver in football. Like it's, it's devastating what he does when he's, when he plays the Packers and it's frustrating, but it's also great to see him, you know, playing football and seeing the thing he thinks he does. Like, like that's the approach that I took to Rogers was like, I'm going to root against him. Um, but I still appreciate what he does. And when he makes a good throw, I'm still going to be, you know, I'm still going to be astounded by it. Um, and then secondly, um, and I don't know if, if maybe, Maybe not all Packers. The front office, I think, for the Packers probably thought this, but um, you know, given the amount of players that Rodgers brought over to the Jets, um, and I'm I'm not going to have the full list, but like Billy Turner on the offensive line, who isn't even starting for them, and their offensive line is trash. Uh, Randall Cobb, Alan Lazard, Adrian Amos as a veteran in that in that secondary. I think I'm missing one or two others. I don't even know Amos. Um, yeah. He doesn't start. Um, no, he doesn't. But yeah. again, like he's like that kind of veteran guy, right? Like sure. it's not just bringing over weapons, but a guy like Cobb, like bringing over kind of like the locker room mentality and whatnot, which we'll see throughout the course of the year if that works out for the Jets. But, you know, with the Packers starting over, having the youngest team in the NFL, the youngest team since the Browns went 0-16 um, six or seven years ago, um, it was going to be a great comparison here for the Packers front office of like, did they make the right call? Like, are the Jets going to struggle with Rodgers and the guys they have, or at least the Packers that they brought over? Or, you know, maybe the front office made their own call and, you know, not trying to accommodate his needs. So, uh, like, from that perspective, I think um, that's going to be, um, I wanted to have that perspective at the end of the year. Um, and then again, I, wa- I wanted to watch him compete. I wanted to root against him, and I'm not going to have that this year. And, you know, I was I was at that Lions game to close the season out last year. And, you know, to think that I like, I could have gone to his last like real game, right? Because, like, four snaps, no completions. Like, that's, you know, that's not really a game. Like, it's, like, I hadn't really prepared myself. I prepared myself last year for that to be the, his last game as a Packer. Like, hadn't really prepared myself his whole crap. Like, that's going to be, like, that's going to be his last NFL football game. And he's going to be 40 years old coming back from an Achilles injury. And I just, he's already talked so much about how he's considered retirement. And I just don't know, like, I, I don't know if he's got an in him. Like, if, like, just physically. I mean, it's, it's going to be real tough for him to come back next year. And if he, and if he does come back, he's not going to be close to the same player as he was at this age coming back from an Achilles injury. Yeah, I mean, that's the big question now is, does he do the rehab? You know, everything possible to get that torn Achilles repaired and ready to go for next season or is it all done for Aaron Rodgers my tendency is to lean toward he's coming back I don't think he's going to want to go out like that obviously uh, nobody wants to go out like that but it, it's just a waiting game at this point to see and there's really been no I don't think there's been a statement from Aaron Rodgers maybe the team released something but I haven't heard anything from Rodgers in the media 
um, in terms of a statement or anything like that. I think he's probably still figuring out what he wants to do. I mean, maybe the mind isn't even made up for Aaron Rodgers yet on if he's going to come back um, next season or not. And I guess we'll have to wait and see, but just tragic news for him and for the Jets. And I still think they have a decent chance to, to win a lot of football games this year. Zach Wilson seems to be their guy going forward. He ended up getting the win, doing just enough. Um, he looked pretty terrible at times, and he looked pretty good at times as well. But when you have a defense as good as the Jets' defense, they're going to have uh, a lot of opportunities to win football games, and they're going to be in a lot of games late uh, in the fourth quarter with a defense that good. And, and the way they make Josh Allen look the other night was just <laughs> ridiculous. Josh Allen looked like a rookie himself. Um, I mean, he, he he did not look good at all. Same way he started last year. I think it was kind of a shaky start, but um, the Bills will be fine. They'll They'll figure it out, and then – just comes down to the Jets is the defense can be able to produce that many turnovers uh, short answer no I mean they're not going to get four inter- or three interceptions and a fumble uh, I think what it was but it was a plus four in the turnover um, margin actually I don't know if I can't remember if the uh, yeah. the Jets right. had any turnovers did did Wilson throw a pick or fumble? A fumble I think I think he threw I, th- I think he threw one pick um, he might have. Okay. I think like early, maybe like in the second quarter, um, we should yep. probably have that in front of us. But okay. I mean, I the, the Jets offensive line, they could go out and get whatever quarterback they want. That offensive line is going to be an issue for them, regardless of who's playing quarterback. Um, and it was talked about all offseason. Rodgers has talked about how much that offensive line has struggled. Um, like that's going to be quite literally the Achilles heel of this, uh, this Jets scene, but they're going to be fun to watch. So if you got all these primetime games, people will still be tuning in. It's it's the New York, New York Jets. Yep. And the next game in the NFL schedule in the NFL season will be the Vikings on the road in Philadelphia tomorrow night or tonight. I should say, if you're listening to this on Thursday, the Vikings opening, I think at seven and a half. It's down to six and a half, which if you listen to last week's show or Sunday's show, um, is what I predicted, BG and Boone. They both were at nine and eight. Um, for what the line was going to be. I said six and a half. And uh, now with some of the injury news coming out, it is down to six and a half, as, uh, at least according to BetMGM. As of 7.54 on a Wednesday night here, ahead of game day tomorrow. Injury news for both sides along the offensive line for the Vikings. Obviously, Bradbury going down early in that first game for the Vikings. Derisaw went down, I think it was second, maybe late second, early third quarter, something like that, with an ankle injury for Derisaw. He ended up coming back in the game, and he did finish the game um, against the Bucs on Sunday afternoon. So Derisaw, he is questionable to play. Bradbury is out, so it's going to be Austin Schlotman getting his Second, well, it'll be the first start of this season, but he played a lot in game one. So Schlotman will be back in there at center. Derisaw is um, listed as questionable. I'm leaning towards uh, at least expecting to see him on the field. Um, and as far as Davenport, I believe he was listed as listed as questionable as well. The Vikings free agency pickup over the offseason. Marcus Davenport along the defensive line, he'd be a big help as well. Didn't see him against the Buccaneers, hoping he plays tomorrow night against Philadelphia at Lincoln Financial. Place the Vikings have struggled mightily. Uh, a couple of brutal losses last year in Week 2, a season before that in the NFC, or a couple seasons before that in the NFC Championship game. Um, a place the Vikings have really, really struggled. I don't know what the temperature or the weather is supposed to be like tomorrow night, but uh, expect the Vikings to, I, I think they're going to be sharp. I do think they're going to, to look solid. I like the Vikings first half 
um, in the points. I think it's probably around three or three and a half. I haven't looked, but you the Vikings on a first half line. I think they're going to keep it close early. They should come out pretty focused and dialed in after a very disappointing week one home loss. So I do expect them, the Vikings to come out and, and play pretty tough in the first half. I think the Eagles will kind of run away with it, maybe win by 10 to 14 points, um, something like that in the second. What do you think is, you know, if we were if we were in the booth, you know, 10 minutes before game time, we're going over keys to the game for the Vikings. Like what's like the one thing you think for the Vikings that they've got to do well, what maybe they didn't do it last week, maybe it's specific to the Eagles that they got to do this week. Like what's what's the number one key to the game? Offensively, it's running the football. They had 13 carries for 44 yards a week ago or less than a week ago, I guess only four days ago um, by the time we get to game time here on Thursday night. But you got to be able to run the football. 44 yards isn't enough. Kirk Cousins is arguably the best play action passer in the NFL over the last five seasons, at least in terms of deep ball throws on those play action plays. He's one of, if not the best in the NFL at throwing the play action. So you, you can't set up any play action with uh, 44 yards on the ground. I mean, you're going to have to find a way to run the football. We can't have Kirk throwing it 44 times a game and, and taking these big hits all the time. Um, so offensively, you have to be able to run the football. The passing game will be there, especially if you can control the line of scrimmage at least early. You have to be able to run the football. And so that's where it all starts on the offensive side. Defensively, got to get some pressure. I mean, we didn't get a lot of pressure last week. Daniil was, was pretty solid. The defense uh, as a whole played Marge or not marginally exceptionally better than last season and, and if they can keep making strides in that way at least in terms of holding an offense only 20 points and I think you could argue that they really only gave up 13 because a couple of turnovers uh, one of the times I think it was a, a Kirk fumble where he got sacked or it might have been the time that Ed Ingram our offensive guard punched the ball out of our own quarterback's hand um, they got a field goal it was a three and out from the defense but gave up a field goal and I think there was another touchdown caused uh, by the offense as well, or at least a, a good setup for the Buccaneers. So realistically, they gave up like 13 points last week. Um, the defense played good, but it starts with pressure up front. The secondary is not great. We're not super deep, but um, we'll see what happens. The blitzing too, they blitzed a ton uh, on Sunday. I think it was like a 47% blitz rate for, for uh, B-Flow, I should say. Um, and last week, or last season, we were you know, the least likely team in the NFL. I think we finished the season as either 32nd or 31st in blitz rates um, defensively from a season ago. And we were first in week one, most pressured or the most blitzed team in the NFL in week one. That's uh, what's his name? The um, uh, Flores. That's that's I I think Brian Flores is going to be great long-term for this defense. I know you got a lot of new pieces, um, jumping back to the offensive side, though, I think I don't know if it'll help against the Eagles. We've got a we've got a, a, a strong front seven, but I think long term, you're going up against a Bucks team that I think everyone discounts because um, you know everyone thinks of them as a young team. But you look at that front seven, you know they've got Vita Vey up there at the nose tackle position, linebackers. They've still got Devin White. They've still got Shaq Barrett. I mean they've got they've got a few veterans on that defense who who are run stoppers. Um, so um, I think in the long term, I think in, in Madison, right. You know, stepping into the, you know, stepping into the role as, as the starting back. Um, I mean, it might just take some time with him. You, you, you banged up a little bit on the offensive line. I think, you know, it's, it's tough if you start the season off own two, it's easy to get down on yourself. But I think in the long term, I think that offense has a lot to, um, 
you know, a lot to be excited about. And, um, you know, Ty Chandler is someone who I think if they get him more in the mix, if he gets more reps, um, you're going to have, you're going to have a good one, two punch, um, and running back. Yeah, I certainly hope so. I mean, they're going to need to to be able to run the football, even with the receivers, the stars they have on the the outside of the ball. That you have to be able to control the line of scrimmage and run the football. Uh, we talked injuries for the Vikings. Uh, the key one being Bradbury out, Darius still day to day, and Marcus Davenport day to day as well. We'll see about those fellows. They're questionable. Bradbury out. As far as the Eagles, they could be without up to four defensive starters. These three have been ruled out already. Uh, excuse me. Two defensive starters and one offensive starter. Running back Kenneth Gainwell, he's officially out on Thursday night. Um, Reed Blankenship, the safety for the Eagles, he is out as well. Fletcher Cox, the star defensive tackle for Philadelphia, questionable. He didn't practice on Wednesday or his practice was limited on Wednesday, it says here, but he is questionable if he does play. I would expect a smaller workload from him, which, and if he doesn't play, that'd be a a huge plus for the Vikings because he's a all-world defensive yeah. tackle. He is so good, and especially against the Vikings. I mean, Fletcher Cox has just destroyed us um, in the last couple of times we played, particularly at financial field, Lincoln Financial. Um, and the other guy out versus the Vikings is Bradbury, their cornerback, James Bradbury. Pretty good player as well. I think he's maybe been to a couple Pro Bowls, maybe. I don't think he was an all pro player but Bradbury a starter as well so three guys out two on the defensive side one the running back in Gainwell and Fletcher Cox for the Eagles listed as questionable I mentioned it before six and a half is line for the Vikings plus six and a half on the road Thursday night football so that means we got Herb Street and Al Michaels first game of the season it's the first Amazon game yeah yeah because last week was NBC so we're gonna get Herb Street and Al Michaels that'll be a fun commentating duo for year two of them on Amazon Prime. Let's see the over-under, 49. Okay, I think it all depends on weather, but considering the defensive starters out for Philly, I don't hate the over. I don't hate the over at 49. Um, We'll go through picks in just a little bit. Randy, do you want to talk a little Packers before we switch gears and talk a little college football? Yeah, I mean, it's just accept that anything I say is going to be unrational, and I'm drinking the the Kool-Aid, but... Um, the offense line for the Packers, as you mentioned, you know, we always have not necessarily the best offense line in the NFL, but we've got, always got a strong one. Um, we've been banged out the past couple of years. Offense line was great. I think the stat was the Jets gave up more quarterback pressures in the first, like, first half of the first quarter than the Packers did all game against the Bears. And, you know, the, the, the Bills defense line is, you know, arguably the best in, in, in the NFL. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, t- it's not, it's apples and oranges comparing with the bears. Um, but the offense line looks good. Jordan Love is, is making the right decisions, which I think like the throws, you know, he, he missed a couple throws, a couple throws, just ball placement. I think he has some stuff to work on, but he's making the right decisions. He's, you know, he's moving, moving linebackers, moving safeties with his eyes. Um, and the defenses, I think it's too early to tell, how good this defense is, but um, you know, I, I like I I didn't know going into week one if I should expect the Packers to be, you know, if this is a, a rebuild year, um, or are we gonna be competing to win the division? And I mean, through one week I'm I'm not ruling competing for the division out. Um, especially with the schedule that we have, uh, we ease into it at the beginning of the year. 
Um, you know, going to give this offense a lot of reps, um, I think. Uh, and given what we've seen, too, across, you know, not just the NFC North, but across the entirety of the NFL, um, I feel great about where the Packers are um, and also this coaching staff. I mean, LaFleur, um, you know, I think the stat was LaFleur used the most offensive um uh, schemes, formations, whatnot, um, than any other coach or any other offensive coordinator in football. Just put a lot on tape, um, which is going to make it make it more difficult for teams to to plan against Jordan Love in this offense moving forward. Um, and then also just seeing to what you know what what Goody did as as the Bears' offensive coordinator. Just some some boneheaded plays with with Justin Fields. I don't think Fields is in a good position with him. And then Hackett. You know, I don't obviously he, he loses Rodgers, but. Um, you know, the fact that the floor has lost some guys, lost some of his coaching staff and, you know, his offense still looks good. Granted, still just through one game without Aaron Rodgers. But I think in the long run, um, I think LaFleur has the opportunity this year to, um, you know, stand out and be up there with Kyle Shanahan, um, Sean McVay, Bill Belichick, Mike McDaniels as, you know, one of the five best coaches um, in the National Football League. Andy Reid as well. I can't can't leave him out. Chiefs, yeah, Chiefs Nation will say, come Mike. after me. Mike McCarthy in there ahead of uh, ahead of Andy <laughs> Reid. Wow, he is a good coach. Mike, Mike McDaniel, not Mike McCarthy. Oh, sorry, yeah, I was yeah. thinking Mike McCarthy. I was like, wow, you're really jumping on uh, uh, on the Cowboys. Uh, I think Mike McCarthy's a good head coach too. Oh, he's kind of been on the hot seat, but I think Dallas is just kind of a disaster of a franchise, <laughs> at least in the front office. But they, hey, they look good in week one. In week one, they sure took care of the Giants. Um, all right, let's talk a little Gophers. And we can talk a little Big Ten as well for just a bit. Big Ten West, maybe. Uh, Gophers 2-0, though. Got a win over Eastern Michigan, uh, what PJ called a very good Eastern Michigan team. I don't know if I'd go that far, but 25-6. to It was a home victory last Saturday for the Gophers. And uh, let's see, two straight night games. I think they're on the road, or they are. I know they're on the road, but it's a day game this week against North Carolina in Chapel Hill. And then it's another night game next week against Northwestern. So the Gophers starting the season with three of four games in prime time. Um, now, anytime you play in Evanston, Illinois, I don't know if you can call it prime time, but they will be playing at 630 uh, to kick it there just outside of Chicago. As far as this weekend, Gophers is a 230 kick. I believe that's 230 local time. It is um, against one of the top quarterback prospects i guess in this year's draft besides obviously the clear favorite in williams but um drake may i think he's maybe number two randy and yeah i mean it, for, i, I for think i think hartman what he's shown with with notre dame this year has, has i think shot up boards it's, it's still pretty early in the season but he's in that mix of like guys that you're going to take in the first round so it should be fun to see him play um and I think the Gophers, let's see, I had it up in front of me just a moment ago. I went to the NFL, but they are uh, road dogs, so it'll be a good test um, for this Gopher team um, who, I mean, we're still kind of finding our stride with Ethan. First year really at the, I mean, he, I guess he started a lot of games for us last year. He didn't he didn't start training camp or anything like that as the QB1, but he had the full training camp, full offseason as, as QB1. Still kind of finding their stride, but this will be a very good litmus test for the Gophers. Uh, a game televised on ESPN 2:30, like I mentioned. Um, I'm just trying to buy some time until I can find the line. <laughs> I, uh, I I think it's is it six and a half or seven and a half? I know the over under is you can get it either 49 or 50. This isn't an official 
Randy pick, but I like the under in this game. Um, Minnesota's going to play Big Ten West football. Um, and I think um, North Carolina has shown, you know, I, I don't know if they shoot, showed it against Appalachian State last week, but they definitely showed it in a big rivalry game to start the season against South Carolina. This Mac Brown team is, is physical on both sides of the ball, offense and defense, which we just haven't seen, you know, since he's been at Texas um, with any team he's coached. So, um, don't know if this is going to be a high-scoring matchup. Um, I like that under. Um, it should be a, it should be a Big Ten West football game. Yeah, the line seven and a half. Um, Gophers plus seven and a half on Bet MGM. The over under forty nine and a half. Randy, I think I like the under a lot, um, especially when you're looking at the Gophers defense. Joe Rossi, defensive coordinator, and, and the Gophers' best defense in terms of points allowed last season in the NCAA, um, and they've started out pretty dang good so far this season as well giving up just uh let's see what six points last week and what was it in week one ten i think to nebraska now nebraska is terrible but still only six 16 points given up in the two games so far this season they're a really good defense um it's just going to come down to the, can they go for score points on offense they they quietly have maybe the maybe the best defensive front seven in the big 10 west um you could maybe argue in in the big 10 um, they definitely have the depth there. Yeah, I don't um, think they're better than Ohio State, Michigan, or probably Penn State in the front seven. I don't know a single guy in any three of those teams' front sevens. But yeah, I mean, I, I, I just think, and 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 the na- the names are escaping me now, but I you're going to have guys drafted. Um, you know, Maybe half of that front seven is going to eventually be drafted in the NFL. Um, so at least when you look at it from that perspective and compared to previous Minnesota teams, um, there's a lot to be excited about if you're a Gopher fan. Just kind of looking over some of the lines for college football this week, kind of a quiet week. I mean, I don't see – I'm sure there are a few ranked teams playing, but it's, it's a scr- bad week. Scrolling it's through, I don't see much. bad I mean, week for football. LSU-Mississippi State, yeah. that might be one of the premier matchups, and I don't know how good Mississippi State is. I think Georgia-South Carolina maybe, but Georgia where should – Where's game day this week? Uh, I think they're at uh, Colorado, Colorado-Colorado State, which Colorado's going to blow the doors off of. Uh, Colorado State may be the worst team in, um, you know, in, in Division One football. And I'm looking at it on ESPN. I don't think there's a single ranked matchup. There isn't. Nope. There's not a single ranked matchup this week. Colorado, Colorado State, nine o'clock on a Saturday night at a at a. It's not Mile High anymore. What is it? In Power Stadium. I, I know they're playing at the. Uh, they're playing at the at a uh, Russell Wilson Country. There you go. BG, welcome aboard. Good to have you. How'd your volleyball game go? Thank you. Good to be here. Uh, we went 0-3, so so not good at all. We were down a person, but it's a good time being out at Lord Fletcher during the summer, early fall. So even if you play bad, it's a good time. There you go. There you have it. Um, let's talk any other Big Ten West things we want to hit uh, before we go into picks. Uh, we're going to try to keep these episodes at least the picks one between 20 and 30 minutes or a preview episode. We're about 24. Um, so we can talk a little Big Ten West if you got anything, Randy. I know you were out last week, so you probably have a lot of takes stored up. Yeah, I mean, it, it's, I, it is interesting. You know, Minnesota and Iowa are the only two only two teams that are um, that are 2-0. and And, um, you know, it, I think it is – take it with a grain of salt a little bit because every one of the Big Ten West has played a Power 5 opponent at this point, which – in a lot of years, isn't necessarily the case, but I think Nebraska is obviously in a transition year. Wisconsin, I think, more so than we thought, is in a transition year with Luke Fickle. Um, 
you know, I, I think it's going to be, you know, Minnesota has the hard, hardest schedule in the country, right? Like it's hard to pick them as a favorite when Iowa has one of the easiest schedules in the country this year to win the West. So like if I'm power ranking or if I'm making predictions for who's going to be in Indianapolis, December 5th, I'm, you know, two weeks in, I'm going, I'm going Iowa, I'm going Minnesota, and then maybe Wisconsin. I mean, Illinois looked, Illinois looked rough against uh, Kansas. I mean, that defense was supposed to be good this year. Uh, and they just could not contain Jalen Daniels, who's going to be going to be frisky uh, for all teams this year. But if you know if there's any defense you think um, that that could solve him, uh, you'd think it would be a defense like like Illinois. So um, I don't know. I, I don't think any Big Ten West team is going to beat Penn State, Ohio State, or, or Michigan this year. Um, so I mean, it's R.I.P. to the Big Ten West. We're going to go out in probably the most Big Ten West fashion, where you know. The winner's going to have three division losses potentially, um, and get and get the honor of losing to forty points by Penn State, Michigan, or Ohio State. Yep, glorious. Um, I heard this on part of my take too, which is just hilarious that uh, the Pac-10 now has eight teams ranked in, in the top twenty-five. <laughs> and if you can just imagine how much money they would have made, they, they are that happened two years ago when they're negotiating all these contracts. They are top to bottom. They're probably by the far league. the best conference in yeah. college football. I mean, Washington State, you know, that win against Wisconsin, like Wisconsin State, not Wisconsin State, Washington State's a bottom half team in the Pac-12, and 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 that, that's a good football team. Like all the Colorado hype, I, I think at this point Colorado makes a bowl, but they've, they've still got to play, um, you know, they've, they've got to play USC, They've got to play Oregon. They've got to play Oregon State. They've got to play Washington. They've got to play Washington State. I mean, that is, you know, and I wonder if, you know, like in previous years where the Pac-12 kind of eats itself alive and doesn't get into the playoff, the last Pac-12 team to be in the college football playoff is Washington. Um, was that four or five years ago now? Um, like, I wonder if that conference is going to eat itself alive again because they're so good. Um, you know, I think the SEC is SEC's down this year. Um yeah, ACC, I think, is TBD. Might be some change in the guard with Clemson, um, but yeah, it's it's an interesting year for you know transition year for college football, and um, you know the Pac-12 is gonna Pac-12 is gonna find a way to screw it up eventually, whether it's in conference player or in the playoff. That's for sure. So looking at Colorado's schedule, pretty easy one this week. They're twenty-three point favorites against Colorado State. Then it gets tricky. I mean, so they got game day this week. Um, at least what you say, Andy. Yep. Next week, they could have game day as well. They're playing number 13, Oregon, at Oregon. They're right now minus 14.5. That game's going to be on ABC at 2.30. Uh, and then the week after that, they play USC. So they could realistically, I mean, it's probably not going to happen, but they could be the game day team for the next three weeks in a row, <laughs> which is wild. Uh, or Big Noon. You know, Fox, big noon, Fox yeah. loves Fox loves uh, Deion Sanders. Yep. I'm guessing they if they have, I don't know who has the USC-Colorado game, but I'm guessing... Fox wouldn't send their broadcast team to do the pregame before an ABC game, but could be wrong. Yeah. There's nothing else. Tra- going Travis on. Hunter. I mean, if you bought a Travis Hunter um, preseason Heisman ticket, I mean, that's that's some good value right there. What he does on both sides of the ball is insane. He is, you know, maybe the like arguably the best. Oh, yeah. like two two way player since Dion. I don't know if it's even arguable. Like he is, and what he did at TCU, and, and people forget too. I don't. I haven't heard anybody mention it other than the announcers during the game. But it was 105 degrees. Yeah. He took 126. I think it was. I think it was like 62 offense, 64 defensive snaps, 
and it was 105 degrees in, in uh, Austin, Texas. I guess yeah, just insane. Or no, where did they play? Where's the Dallas, DC? Dallas, Dallas, okay. Fort Worth. Yeah, 105 degrees. I mean, that's not. I don't think that's dry heat either. That's pretty humid as well. If you're down there in Dallas, I mean, that's it, it just incredible. Uh, his conditioning through the roof. Um, let's get into picks, or we can chat for just a little bit longer. BG, we don't have games for you to pick. I should have given you a heads up. Um, we're just going to pick five games um, that we like. So four, 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 and a, four and a money line. Okay. Uh, underdog, and underdog money line. I came in when you guys were talking about the Gophers. They're yeah. plus seven and a half. This spread is seven and a half, yep. and it's at North Carolina. Correct. Okay. Um, so we can, Randy, let's start with you. Just talk through your picks, and then we'll go on to me, and then BG, you can go last, just to give you a minute. Sure. Um, Randy. Of course. What do you got? Um, I've got a couple college picks this week. Um, first off, I like FSU, minus 26.5 over Boston College. Uh, Boston College, I forget who they lost to week one, um, but they just barely beat Holy Cross um, at home this past week. Um, that team is... Um, that team is not a good football team, and Florida State's a very good football team. Um, and given that it is a conference game, um, Florida State's going to run that uh, run that score up. Um, NIU, NIU is who they who they lost to. Um, not 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 one of the better MAC teams, week one. So like like Florida State in the points week one. Uh, moving on to my second pick, uh, Kansas State minus four and a half over Missouri. Uh, Missouri potentially going to finish at the very bottom of the SEC. Not a good football team. Um, Kansas State, um, big game for them. Um, I like them minus four and a half. Um, up next, uh, I like. I'm, I'm sticking with the favorites here. I like. I, I do like North Carolina minus seven and a half over the Gophers this week. I think it's gonna be a low scoring football game. I still think the Gophers are gonna have trouble moving the ball, putting points up on the board. I could see this like, you know, North Carolina 24, 28 Gophers. You know, 10, 14, something to that effect. Um, my last non upset pick um, moving to the NFL uh, Packers headed down to Atlanta, Mercedes Benz Stadium. Um, they are a point and a half favorites against the Falcons. Um, Falcons, lots of weapons on that offense. Desmond Ritter, still a lot of questions with him at quarterback. That offense line is not great. Um, I'd like the Packers front seven to give Desmond Ritter some problems throughout that game. Um, I think the Packers win by a touchdown or two. And then finally for my upset, um, I've got the Steelers. They're two-and-a-half-point dogs against the Cleveland Browns. Um, I think they just got the doors blown off them um, by the Niners this past weekend. I do think the Steelers are a good football team, and I think this game is kind of a combination of the Steelers not playing to their potential in Week 1 and the Browns playing to the greatest utmost of their potential. I don't know if that makes sense, but but um, playing very well in in week one. Um, this is a this is one of the most bitter rivalries in, in football. It's always a close game. Definitely going to be one score. The line reflects it, and I think the uh, the Steelers pull it out. Well, I guess I got a lot of inverse picks of Randy, which is good because um, Randy, I think your picks are terrible. Uh, I like the Browns. I'm going the other side of that. I like the Browns by a field goal. They're minus two and a half, like you mentioned. Um, the Browns looked as good as can be. I mean, to do what they did to Burrow, basically neutralized him. And, and they're rolling right now. I like the Browns, even though it's on the road. It's in Pittsburgh. Uh, but I like the Browns by a field goal. So I got them as my first pick. I'm going then to the Giants, minus five and a half. I'm going reverse psychology. 
um, compared to what I picked in game one. I think the Giants bounce back. I mean, they got embarrassed on national TV in front of the Cowboys or by the Cowboys. They're playing one of the worst football teams in Arizona. It's it's at the Cardinals stadium, but I like the Giants to bounce back and win by more than five and a half. Um, then I'm going to go over to some NCAA football. I like Bama. Minus 32 and a half, same logic as the Giants. They got embarrassed last week. They lost to Texas at home. I think Nick Saban has the boys winning like 65 to 3, something like that. <laughs> They're going to put up some points this week. Uh, so Alabama minus 32 and a half for pick three, pick four. Um, I like Western Michigan plus 28 and a half versus Iowa. I don't think Iowa has scored 28 and a half points in probably a couple of seasons, uh, at least against anybody I've seen. They looked awful in week one. When I watched their offense, the quarterback was okay the first two drives. I think they scored touchdowns the first two drives. I don't know if they scored another offensive touchdown that game, but I like Michigan, Western Michigan, plus 28.5. McNamara's been injured. They pulled him at halftime. He's been dealing with a hamstring issue. Um, he's he's getting well, healthier like week in and week out. More. Um, I I will say that I do think this game for the uh, the Hawkeyes is a Brian Fearance. Let's rack, rack up some points. Let's put the pedal down. Um, and let's blow the doors off this team. Um, Western Michigan, they blitz a lot. Iowa offense line is pretty good this year. Receivers are going to be open all over the place. Iowa's going to score 50 points. I also like Gophers' money line as my inverse pick of Randy. I think I picked the opposite side of three of Randy's games, <laughs> um, which is awesome. But, yeah, Gophers plus 7.5 on the road. I think the offense, like you mentioned, Andy, they've been slow to start, but there are some weapons. Don't forget about Lameki Brockington, who took that slant route like 40-some yards in Madison last year to ice the game against the Badgers. He's a stud. He was picking things up a little bit last week, uh, and I think they get things moving a little better this week on the offensive side of things. The defense is nasty. Gives them a chance to win any game they're in. Um, in my opinion, except for against Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan. <laughs> BG, your picks this week. So we're doing, was it four picks and an upset or five picks and an upset? Four picks? All right. Um, this is going to be pretty much spur of the moment here, but I went through the college football slate and NFL while you guys were talking. So first I'll start with the Gophers. I think it's plus seven and a half, you said. I think the Gophers cover plus seven and a half is – a big football number there, so I think I don't know if we're going to come out and win that game. Um, it'll be a good test for us for sure. A great opportunity, you hear PJ Flex saying. I think a great opportunity to beat one of the best teams in the nation, one of the best QBs in all of college football. Um, I think the Gophers lose, but I think it's going to be tough to win by eight or more against this great Gophers defense. So that's my first game. Second game in college football is Iowa State versus Ohio. And I picked this one because Iowa State is only three-point favorites against the Ohio Bobcats. Um, I am going to take Iowa State, so I have them winning by four or more. And I think they're going to bounce back against that tough loss against the Hawkeyes last week. Don't know anything about the Ohio football team, but usually don't see them in any close games against Power 5 teams. So I'm going with the Cyclones for my second pick. Third pick is the Michigan State game, if I can find it on here. Michigan State, Washington. Um, I'm going to take Michigan State plus 15 and a half against Washington. Um, it's the pre-looter to next year when the Pac-10 moves to the Big Ten Conference. Uh, Washington, ranked number eight, is going into the Spartans' home turf. Um, I don't think Michigan State's going to win, but I think they lose by 14 or less. So I think they're going to cover the spread at home. So I'm taking the Spartans. That was number three. Moving on to NFL. I'm going to take the Buccaneers 
at home against the Bears. It's a three-point spread. Um, I don't think the Buccaneers are a great football team, but I do think they build off that momentum week one against the Vikes and went at home against the Buck or against the Bears rather uh, by four points or more. And then I think we continue to see that Justin Fields is not a great quarterback, um, especially uh, when it's against a good defensive front and he has to throw the ball rather than run it. My upset of the week is going to be uh, the Tennessee Titans over the Chargers. Chargers are three-point favorites. Uh, Titans are at home. Similar to the Bucks, I think the Titans have the best defensive line in the entire league. Um, Austin Eckler right now is questionable, so not even sure if he's going to play. And I believe the Titans lost their first game, so I think they're going to be really hungry to get that first win at home. And I think they truly are an underrated team. Tannehill, you know, isn't flashy. Um, you know, he's not one of the top, I wouldn't say in the top half of quarterbacks, but they do have DeAndre Hopkins. They still have Derrick Henry, and that defense can keep them in any game. So I think they win it in Nashville at home. Tennessee, home dogs. Wow. Yep. Three points. Three point home dogs. Wow. Uh, and you said that's against the Chargers? Against the Chargers. Oh, wow. Who are really? also 0-1, and I know they really want to win that one, but I think that's, you know, a favorable line for a, a good team like the Titans at home. Yeah, that's surprising. I would have uh, probably said the inverse if if you asked me what I thought the line was. Um, all right, there we go. Gophers, Iowa State, Michigan State, Bucks, and Tennessee Moneyline BG's picks this week. We'll get some picks from Boone. I think he wants to be in the uh, season-long thing, but... Um, we'll get his picks added as well to our chart here for the season long pick segment. Are we having Ramblin' Rick? Ramblin' Rick too. Yes, well? he's not good about getting his picks no. in, but we'll get. Uh, we'll <laughs> Usually, get it's Ramblin' Rick or just somebody who can fill out some some answers. Exactly for him. right. And Randy, I did look to see when the last time the Hawkeyes scored more than twenty eight and a half points. It was twenty twenty one. They didn't do it once in in the year twenty twenty two. Unmute my microphone. We uh, how much we score against uh, Utah? No, who was it? Um, it was our third game of the year last year. He scored twenty seven against Nevada. It was twenty seven. Ah, all right. He all scored right. twenty seven against Rutgers. He scored 14, 6, 10, 13, 3, 10, uh, 24, 13, 17. 50, 50 points. Take it to the bank. Twenty one. Wow. Fifty <laughs> points. You putting your double down of the week. That's now? a double down right there. I That's think. a double down. That's the first double down of the season. <laughs> we got it. We'll introduce double downs next week. I forgot about double downs of the week. Uh, those are awesome. We got to get the rules straight. Because uh, <laughs> uh, that was an, an official rule. For yeah, that. we we didn't really make a rule. Um, all right. Anything else for before this slate of NFL, college football games, college football week three, NFL week two. That's all we got for today. We're gonna record. I don't know Sunday. I guess Vikings play tomorrow tonight. If you're listening here on Thursday, so maybe we'll do an episode after the game tonight. Maybe not if it goes super late and we lose by a lot, which is likely what's going to happen. But we'll have an episode out at least by Sunday night, um, recapping games from this weekend. Um, so, yeah, see you all then. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road. Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go. So make the best of this test and don't ask why. It's not a question, but a lesson learned in time. It's something unpredictable, but in the end, that's right. I hope you have the time of your life. So take the photographs and still frames in your mind. Hanging on a shelf in good up and good times 
Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was worth all the while It's something unpredictable In the end that's right I hope you have the time of your life That was awesome, guys. That was, that was awesome. That whistle part was really good. Thank that you.